It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome into a Tuesday, December 7th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, I'm your host, Julian Edlow, along with the other host, Steve Buchanan. Uh, maybe you see us, maybe you're listening to us. I'm the main host, you're the other host. Um, I know, when, so I, when I open up, I'm I always... opening the show. No, 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 but listen, when I open up, I always say my handsome co-host, whatever you call me, the other host. Like, okay. I put in my Twitter bio co-host of the unreasonable odds podcast when we started this podcast and you yes. put host well of the unreasonable odds podcast so i took that personally <laughs> and i decided to let it out today fine <laughs> all right week 13 is wrapped in the nfl week 14 is on the horizon um as usual we'll have some odds are with johnny avello as usual it tis the season steve buchanan mm. we're in december uh the holidays are here and um, we'll be getting some giveaways together in December, all mm. kinds of interesting stuff. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, before we get to odds are with Johnny Avello and uh, go over some things, take a little peek behind the book. Let's cash it or trash it for week 13. Um, I'll start with my cash. It was Monday Night Football. Pat's plus three. Pat's money line. Seven wins in a row, seven covers in a row, 14 to 10 in Buffalo. Only touchdown for the Bills uh, is a Nikhil Harry face mask, punt, uh, punt to the face mask to thank for, which we can get into this, but Bill Belichick coached one of like his masterpieces of his career. Like he was grinning. I'm sure he went into the locker room and was grinning like, yeah, we ran the ball. 47 times and only threw it three times mm -hmm. and was very happy about it. Why did Nikhil Harry get put back for the first punt return of his NFL career? The last time Nikhil Harry returned a punt, yep. he was at Arizona state. Yep. Is he a 50 mile an hour wind specialist punt returner? Nope. Probably not. Nope. Interesting decision. Only bad thing the Pats did all night. Um, they embarrassed the bills. They ran it down their throat. Couldn't stop it. Uh, defense balled out as they have been each of the last seven games during this win streak and the Patriots who you gave out on the sweat as a uh, futures bet to be plus 500 for the one seed are now plus 150 Woo! to land the one seed in the AFC. I almost don't like the odds on the Patriots anymore. Plus 500 no. was great. They're a little too heavily favored now. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, cash everything, pats. I did personally sprinkle once we got close. I knew I had to do something with the weather. Sprinkle the little Damian Harris over 48 and a half rushing. Oh, easy. Rips it off 64. Nice One and play. easy. Get it out of the way. I also did our uh did our little bit that we do that um you know some people may or may not see during Monday night football, uh, where we gave out Damian Harris to score the first touchdown of the game, which came oh good. Easy. Yes. Yeah, it was a good, it was a really good week for uh, for the podcast and for uh, for all the shows that we do. There was not um, not many trash hits this week. I actually don't even know if I have a trash hit now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, it was a really really solid week. Uh, obviously, I was all Must over the nice. I, yeah, I was all over the Patriots, and then uh, I was a big backer of the Dolphins. I said, stop stop undervaluing this team. Stop being worried about Mike Glennon. Stop being worried about whoever the Giants are going to trot out there to, to play offense because it's getting worse and worse every week. I almost feel like, you know, this is like the Papa Shungo cur- curse again, and somebody hates the Giants because everybody's just going down because now Glennon's hurt on top of that. So who is it? Jake Fromm, I think, is the next man up. I mean, that's where that's where they're at right yeah, now. Yeah, he's not very good. No, he's not very good. We haven't really seen him much, but, you know, that's the rumor. Tra- trash it, Jake Fromm. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Um, but I, so I talked about the Dolphins plenty. I talked about the Patriots. I said that was one of my favorite teasers too, putting those two together. That was uh, not even a sweat for any of them. Um, so you just needed the Dolphins to win, get them down to minus half a point. And then Patriots plus nine, obviously zero sweat there. Uh, went out to a lead, never looked back after that. And then they obviously had that uh, remarkable game plan um, on that one. I guess the only thing I will trash is um, I was um, looking for the Bengals in that game, minus three. Um, just a weird, weird game for the Bengals last week. It was kind of a strange outcome, you know, going down 24 nothing uh, rather quickly too, almost coming back against the chargers. And then they just kind of collapsed near the end there too, as well. But that is, I feel like so par for the course for the Bengals this season is that they're either like absolutely dominating or it's, you don't even realize what team you're watching because they just look completely opposite. Oh, I'll give you a trash. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon going over his rushing yards. The game script obviously was, uh, was not in the favor at all. You know, I said, I'd be uh, willing to play this up to the mid nineties for Joe Mixon rushing yards. Uh, actually had a chance to get there late when they started to make a comeback and they were handing him off the ball. But you know, the, the matchup was there. Everything Joe Mixon had done, you know, the prior weeks coming into this led you to believe that he could do this. And if the game played out differently, he easily could have got over there because he was still efficient on the ground when he was getting the ball. Just the problem was he wasn't getting the ball because they had to go to a pass heavy uh, game script being down 24, nothing. So um, it was the right play. It just didn't work out. And that's, that's just betting in a nutshell right there. So uh, we'll trash Joe Mixon going over his rushing yards. Yeah. I had the Bengals as my last play that I added to my card. It was the smallest play, uh, but it lost um, that game. Weird. Like the chase and mixed in turnovers. Yeah. Chase had a touchdown caught that he bobbled and turned into an interception. So that's a seven point swing. Yep. The Bengals were driving to take the lead after down 24, nothing cut it to 24, 22 Bengals driving for the lead mix and fumble returned to the house. Those two turnovers were the game. Like don't get fooled by the box score. If those two turnovers don't happen, the Bengals win. Um, so I don't know what that means, but you can just remember that moving forward. Uh, my trash will be the, 49ers um i was out on the seahawks i saw enough i bet the 49ers just as big as i bet the patriots um 
Seattle is alive at home. Uh, you know, Seattle plus I, I got it at three, but Seattle plus three and a half at home against the Niners is was a very sharp play, and a lot of you know professionals did play it. That's where you look for that bounce back. Um, but I'm fine going, you know, I like playing some certain sharp or professional or whatever you want to call them plays. And I like fading others because nobody's right a hundred percent of the time. And I faded that one and, uh, I, I paid for it. The Niners could not get that done. I'll tell you what though, you cannot feel bad about that loss. Cause it's not like Seattle dominated them or anything like that. Like Wilson was, no, it, was it was a seven, it was a seven point game. Yeah. San Francisco lost the game on fourth and goal and Seattle jumped out to a seven, nothing lead on a fake punt. Wilson was 30 for 37 passing for 231 yards. Like, give me a break. That, 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 when you look at a line like that, and then you look at the score and then you watch what the game, the Niners gave them every single chance to win that game. That's all it was. That was well, way this is, more. This is betting. This is betting the NFL. You can make the yeah. argument that if Seattle doesn't run the fake punt and Joe Mixon doesn't fumble, the Bengals and Niners win. Yeah, absolutely. But I thought that game was so indicative of how bad the Niners are. Then the Seattle like being back, pull the back. Watch out for the Seahawks. Four and eight. Here they come. Give me a no. Is that Carroll all jacked up after getting improving to four and eight? Just like mm. Pete Carroll, that guy, man. I'll tell you. How old is he now? He's got to be like getting up to his nineties at this point. Old? Not? I don't think he's. He looks great for ninety if he's ninety. <laughs> um, uh, and then, but you know, the, the the worst part is Seahawks have the Texans now. So now they're gonna, you know, break know. Off two in a row, two in a row for the Seahawks. I'm not even. They're back. Here's a here's a a preview of uh, our week fourteen look ahead. <laughs> I'm not gonna put Seattle into a teaser or a money line parlay. Oh come on, man! They're back and play the Texans. <laughs> If it here, well, if it's Davis, it's if it's David Mills, it's gonna be, I guess, harder not to. But yeah, gotta take we'll the see. Seahawks. They're they're coming back with a vengeance. All right, we're gonna get to odds are with Johnny Avello, as always, getting some insight into the DraftKings sportsbook. Let's get to that. You heard the music. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the man. It is time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello, uh, Director of Race and Sportsbook Operations here uh, at DraftKings. Johnny, how are we doing? Steve, Julian, great. Thank you, guys. Uh, another week's passed. We're getting to the, towards the end of the season, the last quarter, and uh, teams are now looking to get into playoff position. So fun time in the NFL as well as uh, other football around the, around the globe. Now, hold on one second. Now, hold on one second. Don't sell yourself short. Hall of Famer Johnny Avello. Let's make that perfectly yeah. clear, okay? First Hall of Famer on the show we've ever had, okay? Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate that. It's true. We can add, we can add that to the intro. Um, <laughs> all right. Before we started our segment, we had a quick off-air chat about, as we record this on Tuesday, December 7th, Monday Night Football to conclude Week 13. Um, this Patriots team, we've been talking about them every week because they've been giving us a reason to ask you about them every week. And now here we are again. Um, you know, I'm going to word this as the Patriots embarrass the bills on Monday night football. It's not often you see a 14 to 10 final and you can say one team embarrassed the other, <laughs> but that was the case in this situation. Um, best bet of the NFL season was Brock Jones under pass attempts. If you had that, he threw the ball three times in the Patriots victory as road underdogs over the bills. 
Before we talk about the game specifically, I do want to talk about player props in this game because it was probably one of the most interesting player prop games of the season because of the weather in Buffalo, the ridiculous winds over 50 miles an hour, like flagpoles blowing over, the goalposts literally running around. And it was a big divisional game in primetime. So it was getting the attention. Everybody knew about the weather and were betting unders, rushing props, um, things of that nature. So like, how did the extreme wind cause movement in the prop market? And what did you guys see? Were there any big winners or losers that were clearly created by the weather? I don't know if I would call it embarrassed, uh, but it, <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was it was certainly a huge W for the Pats, though. And you mentioned this wind factor of 50 to 55 miles an hour. Um, yes, the passing completions for the quarterback, plus <laughs> the individual player receptions and receiving guards were all bet under pretty heavily. Um, the total rushing yards wasn't hit as heavily as you might expect, because when you look at, you know, the carries and yards gain, may have not necessarily correlated with the extreme weather. You know, you'll see maybe a lot of carries, but not necessarily a lot of yards. Uh, the Pats did bust out a couple of really huge runs, which, you know, uh, put their total way up a couple hundred yards rushing last night, which was, you know, pretty extreme, actually, for the extreme weather. Can you, really quick, just as a follow-up, like, can you think of any other games – that remind you of this where people got word of whether it be weather or, or something else that caused just uh, extreme movement, I guess, in the, in the prop market to bet whether it be overs or unders. I can tell you about a game quite a few years ago where the Broncos were playing at home and, and then there was a note came across that the weather uh, was going to be very extreme and everybody bet the props under, and then it comes on the telecast and it, it is sunny and, you know, 50 degrees. So the players actually got burnt on that one. I thought you were going to say the game last year where the Broncos did not have a quarterback <laughs> against the Saints, which was a, a very good game to Steve and I. I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back quite a few years prior. To that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's continue here with the Pats a little bit. Seven and zero run, both straight up and against the spread for them right now. They've been plus money in the AFC all season long, but after that win, now they are minus two sixty five in the division. Now entering the bye week, the latest of bye week has happened uh, in the NF uh, in the NFL. Plus three hundred for the AFC and plus seven hundred for their Super Bowl odds. These have all fallen dramatically. So. What's the liability looking like on the Pats futures for the book right now? Hey, Steve, you mentioned uh, bye week. I think it, it looks like two weeks, doesn't it? I think they don't play for yeah. almost two weeks. Pretty incredible. So chance for them to get healthy on anybody that may be hurt. Uh, there is some some liability there on the, on the Super Bowl, but it's welcomed because we want to build that future book and grow that as big as we can. Because remember, there's only one team that can win the Super Bowl. Uh, and we're in okay shape in the conference with them. And there is some liability on that division. As you mentioned, they are now minus instead of plus. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's recap all of week 13, going back to Sunday, going back to Thursday night. Um, we had the Cowboys coming through and covering as a, a big road favorite. Most of the chalk came through on Sunday. Um, 
with, as we talked about, like not just massive favorites, but massive road favorites. What were some of the games that were the best and worst results for uh, DK Sportsbook in week 13? Uh, Tampa Bay Falcons, uh, Colts, Texans, and Cards Bears, they were all close to the top spot for taking us to the woodshed. Uh, you know, the Rams and Jags, uh, Chargers, Bengals were a couple of others where we weren't taken quite to the shed, but we did get kind of slapped around a little bit. Um, Ravens Steelers was one of our better games and the Vikes Lions and 49ers Seahawks were both okay games for us. Uh, but it was a rough week overall. So continuing that, let's look at the week 14 board. Um, six favorites. It's, this has been a common theme of over a touchdown this week. But unlike previous weeks, most of these massive favorites are the home team this time around. A home field's advantage has not been a thing so far, really, in the NFL in the 2021 season. But where is the early money going for in week 14? And which spreads do you think are going to see some of the biggest movements before we get reach kickoff on Sunday? Well, there has been some, uh, you know, road favorite movement uh, early. Surprisingly, some of that early money uh, was was on the Jets, though. Uh, you know, and the Saints opened six and a half, now down to four and a half. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, Jets have won a few games, and oh, the Saints are spiraling out of control. Correct. Home dog. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks at the Texans are a popular early choice. Seahawks up from six and a half, crossing the seven to seven and a half. Seahawks looked back offensively last week. Uh, Ravens opened one at Cleveland, and yeah. now the Browns are the two-point favorite. Uh, so that's one of the bigger move, movement early uh, games. Other games I expect to move would be Titans at home versus the Jags. Open nine, it's now up to nine and a half. The Jags are bet against every week. Seem to be a couple-point movement in those games. Um, and it probably make it up at least a 10, maybe cross that. And the Cowboys open four and a half at Washington. That's now down to four. Uh, could, I could see that thing three and a half, even three. Uh, that's a, you know, close division rivalry. And uh, normally that game's not much higher than three. So I, I'll, I think we'll see some movement there on the, on the Washington football team. Washington's still alive in that division. Dallas ran away with it early, and they still have both head-to-heads to come. So, big game uh, in the in the NFC East on Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to beat out the Cowboys in the division, but uh, you probably know, not. The football team is looking at a playoff spot. They, you know, yeah. win win another three, four games and get get them there. Yep. Um, all right, college football conference championships. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. They were they were awesome over the weekend. Um, what were some of the best and worst results for the book when it came to those games? We did okay on, on overall on Saturday. The Iowa-Michigan game was no good as the Wolverines acted like a true Wolverine yes. and destroyed their prey. Uh, Georgia-Bama was around a break-even game for us. The Baylor Oak State game was good for the house, as well as the the Houston Cougar Cincy game was also good for us. All right, you mentioned the Bama game, my Alabama team. I took preseason futures on them, as I do every every year almost. Um, that is that is my squad. We don't do college football here in the Northeast, so I had to pick somebody. Um, I let all my futures sit. Tough to hedge him when you're when you're a big dog in a game when you were a preseason favorite. 
they came through for me. I couldn't have been happier with that game. Um, dom- kind of dominated Georgia. Uh, 41 points against against that defense go from potentially out of the college football playoff to firmly the one seed in the college football playoff. What is the handle now looking like for Alabama, who I think on Saturday was plus 550 to win it all, and now a, a plus 120, plus 140, I forgot to yeah. even look, um, yeah. favorite on the board. So what's the handle like on Bama? What's the handle like on the rest of the teams that made the college football playoff? Yeah, crazy how that happened. Nobody saw that coming that, you know, could see Alabama winning the game, but not not the way they did. Uh, if the betters had the insight that you had, Julian, they would have jumped on that Bama last week at, you know, around six to one or so. Uh, yeah. Now they are that a petite plus 120 or six to five. Uh, Georgia's taking money all year. Uh, they're now at plus 140 after being minus two bucks last week. Um yeah. In the other two teams, Michigan you was another one you could have gotten at a really big price, and now they're sitting at 7-1. to one. So some out there have some good value on Michigan at the 30, 35 range. And then Cincy, they're 16-1. to one. They bring up the rare uh, of, of this pack. You know, they were around 30 or so not that long ago, and, uh, you know, still decent value if you think they can win a game here. Got to get through Alabama's uh, near two touchdown dog there as the the first leg of cashing those Cincy futures. Yeah. Um, all right, bowl games. I'm I'm already obsessed with going through this slate of bowl games. I've already bet a handful of bowl games. You got to be a little careful. News changes with them. They're they're so far away, and there are certain players like we already know the pass rusher for Oregon, likely the number one pick in the NFL draft, or favored to be the number one pick in the NFL draft isn't going to play for Oregon. You've got teams like Oregon who, you know, their hope was the college football playoff. Now they're in a bowl game. It's kind of a letdown for them. Um, similar, same thing with like Ohio state. Uh, they wanted to win a national championship. Now they're playing Utah in a, in a bowl game. So it's a tough market with games so far away. Um, and we'll continue to talk about these up until the time that they happen, but in the early going, where is the money going in, in some of these big bowl games? Uh, you're correct in what you say. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of movement in these games based on guys that aren't going to play. Some guys will be injured. Some guys will be saying that they're leaving school, uh, just leaving, period. Or some will say it'll be yeah, leaving. No, they just say, I'm going to get ready for the draft and I'm, I'm not going to play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a couple of games that UTEP opened at a 13 and a half point underdog to Fresno. That's now down to 11. That's one of your bigger moves. Uh, Tulsa, seven and a half over Old Dominion. That's now nine and a half. Uh, Florida, six and a half over Central Florida. They've taken some action. That's now up to seven and a half. A couple others were Oklahoma, uh, minus three. You mentioned Oregon. So Oklahoma is another team, though, that was vying for a national championship. That's what I was just going to say. You got Oregon guys out, so now Oklahoma money's uh, coming in. We still have whatever that is three weeks more than three weeks for Oklahoma to sit everybody for the draft too yeah uh, so then a game open three that's up to four and a half um Ole Miss opened up two over Baylor now Baylor's the favorite at one and a half so that's another and and one of the other games was uh it was a uh, Reno Reno opened like six and a half down to one that was a game that had just tremendous amount of movement the Western Michigan bowl game yes um, Western, yes Nevada quarterback Carson Strong, probably a first round pick. 
that move that went from like a touchdown to one. He's not playing in that game. I'm nope. breaking the news right now because the number tells me everything I need to know. He's not playing in that game. That's how this works. Okay. <laughs> Johnny will not comment, which is fair. <laughs> hey, let's wrap this up with uh, some exciting news for us over, over in the uh, Northeast here. Um, the DraftKings Sportsbook opening a location up at Foxwoods. I don't know if you've ever been to Foxwoods, Johnny. The, the Foxwoods Casino is about the size of Rhode Island. Like the, the place is absolutely massive. They have so many things there. Um, that used to be like my hometown casino, even though it was like two and a half hours away. Didn't care. Would always drive out there. Absolutely love Foxwoods. But that is happening on Wednesday. That is the grand opening. Our, our friends from VEASAN are in the house. Follow the money. They're doing the rest of the week of the show at the location there. Uh, just give us a little bit of insight of what we can expect from this brand making new location. You know, it's been open a little while. We had a soft opening, so to speak, and the numbers coming out of there are very promising. Uh, it's certainly going to procure some of its business from the state of Massachusetts, as mm. you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's also a good-looking book, and we have a great partner in Foxwoods. Yeah, uh, I think Jason's going to be up there, Jason Robbins, to you know, cut the ribbon and open up. So anybody I that I was cutting the ribbon, well, yeah, you know that. <laughs> If you can't make it, Jason's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's making the line. <laughs> anybody that's around should come by and uh, take a look at it and enjoy the festivities. Yeah, that's awesome. We're looking forward to that. And like we said, uh, right in our wheelhouse there, you know, all the states around us are legalized sports betting, except Massachusetts right in the middle there. We're just, you know, dragging their feet on that one. That's probably the nice Convenient location of DKHQ. Yeah, I know, you know. Un- unbelievable but um yeah we're really looking forward to that at foxes this week so make sure to get down there this week or anytime after the opening uh to place your, your bets over at the foxwoods uh, uh casino location as always johnny appreciate you coming on and we'll talk to you next week okay thank you guys all right thank you thanks johnny All right. Always uh, helpful as usual. Thanks to Johnny for coming on the podcast. Um, and yeah, we're pumped up about the sportsbook opening up at Foxwood. So hopefully Steve and I will uh, will catch some of you guys over there watching some, who knows, sports that Steve doesn't watch. Some bowl games, some March Madness, all that good stuff. Um, NFL, play, NFL playoffs, Steve watches that. Um, okay. Week 14. I do not have much. I don't want to have much because unless you have a really strong take um, on a certain side, NFL sides are really tough right now. And the Patriots are on by, so I can't bet the Patriots, which takes away a play that I usually use and like and win. Um, so we'll start with you. I like, as we mentioned with Johnny, we got all the all the big favorites of a touchdown or more, six of them, but five of them at home. Um Pretty gross Thursday night football matchup between the Steelers and Vikings. Don't even bother. A game that the Packers should dominate on Sunday night football as 11 and a half point favorites against the Bears. A decent Monday night football game in the NFC West. Rams at Cardinals, a field goal there. Um, Anything jumping to you on this board, Steve? Love taking the Bengals a minus one. Uh, I'll go right back to them this week going against the 49ers. I mean, I was just, you know, in the earlier segment, I was just poo-pooing all over the 49ers. So what mm-hmm. kind of man would I be if I'm say taking... you're a fraud if you don't go back right. to it? Exactly. So what kind of man would I be if I if I crap all over them and then I don't bet against them this week as basically a pick them against the 49ers? Give me a break. I'll take the Bengals there. It was a little sloppy last week, I'm no doubt, you know, but 
the Chargers are a much better team than the 49ers. So the Bengals minus, you know, 105 on, uh, with the points, minus 115 on the money line. I have no problem going right back to the Bengals this week. Um, at, at least as the board looks right now, that's probably my strongest conviction because there's not a lot of strong convic- convictions that you can have right now. The only other one that I would maybe maybe say I'm, I'm ready to take already is the Buccaneers at minus three. You know, like getting that at minus three uh, before it gets up to minus three and a half because I think it's going to end up trending that way. But the interesting thing is, is we just saw the Bills get absolutely, you know, torn apart on the ground. Uh, this has happened the second time recently for a, a team that supposedly has one of the rest, uh, best run defenses in the league. But now mm-hmm. you have the team that throws more than anybody in the Bucks. Not gonna, not saying they're gonna change your game plan. Oh, now, now all you got to do is run against the Bills. But just an interesting dynamic where they were just getting the run shoved down their throat, and now they're facing the, you know, the past heaviest team. That's even a term in the league in the Buccaneers this week on the road. Yes, tempting. Um, you just got to watch out for a bounce back spot from the Bills because they still are a good team, and they still are gonna be throwing the ball deep with Josh Allen against that awful Tampa secondary. Um, <clears throat> Lean Tampa, no play there for me. I've only played one thing so far um, that I've bet. I feel like you're not gonna like it, and you're gonna think it's gross. But I, I, I really like this play. Um, Browns money line. Minus 130 hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Here's why the Browns are going to win this game. Okay. The Browns are coming off by their game before the bye was a 16 to 10 loss at Baltimore on Sunday night football. Yep. This is rare. You're playing two games in a row against the same team yeah. in your division. Um, in the meantime, Baltimore went to Pittsburgh, lost the game, lost Marlon Humphrey, another corner for the season that's right um baltimore is dinged up lamar jackson isn't playing great i think that they're kind of spiraling out of control a little bit here meanwhile you have cleveland coming off the bye to get healthy at home spending the whole two weeks reviewing tape from baltimore ready to be ready to beat them again while baltimore is going to pittsburgh and figure out how to replace certain guys um I don't like, I don't think the Browns are very good. I don't think the Ravens are very good. I'm betting a hundred percent the spot here. I'm yeah. betting the spot and the Browns are at, this is at home. This is in Cleveland. Well, co- um, coming into Sunday full on spot bet for me here. Browns. Coming, co- coming into Sunday and watching the, the Ravens play. I'm just thinking to myself, this has to be the worst number one seeded team in the league. The Ravens. This is the team that was in the number one seat going, going into mm-hmm. Sunday. Like they look awful, look absolutely terrible. So, ugh. I mean that this was not a game that I looked at and I was like, Ooh, definitely got to, you know, get the Browns now. Definitely want to get on that. But I mean, you bring up some it good moved, points. It, this this was some... a, on Sunday, this was a pick em. Yeah. Um, yep. And it has touched two and a half. So I'm not going to mess with the points. I'm just going to take that minus one thirty. I'm going to take Brown's money line. Um, and is literally it for me in week 14. I don't know what else I'll come around to betting. Um, I don't, I don't hate the Vikings on Thursday night football. Steelers now get the win over the Ravens. It's kind of a sell high point on them. Vikings, what better buy low point than losing to the lions. Right. Um, and the Vikings kind of seem to just 
play up or down to their competition. I feel like this is a spot the Vikings win. I don't know if it's a confident enough spot for me to put some money on. Um, so for now, yeah, Brown's money line. Uh, just real quick, too, I'm just taking a look. Only 40% of the handle is on Brown's minus two. Bets are down the middle at 50-50. Um, so just a little insight into that there. Um, and then which one do you say, the Vikings? Sure. Yeah, 59% of the handle on the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. 57% of the bets. I mean, that's a game that I'll probably just take something so I can feel something on a Thursday because football will be on. Uh, that's just the, the vicious cycle you seem to fall into, and that's what happens on these Thursday games. That's why they put some of these crap games on there so we can just bet something. I don't want to bet yeah. on this game, but I'm going to. That's just the type of person I am. Just like I, you know, I'll poo poo yes. all over your team and then I'll bet against them next week. That's the kind of guy I am. I'll do it. Bengals. Let's go. Minus one. Love it. Correct. <laughs> um, what bowl games are you going to be betting on, Steve? Oh, definitely Bama. Yeah, love them. Yeah, taking them to win it all. Oh, every bowl game. They're going to win all the bowl games. They would if they were allowed to play in all of them. Especially the um, one on New Year's. Yep, they're going to win that one on New Year's. They play. So New Year's is going to be um, insane. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do for New Year's. I'm trying to talk the wife into hosting a party so that I can just have people over to, you know, oh, it's a New Year's like dinner party couples that I can just w- watch the bowl games yeah. in the comfort of my home. Um, but New Year's is going to be crazy. New Year's Eve is the the playoff games, essentially, Alabama and Cincinnati, and then Georgia, Michigan, winners play in the national championship on Monday, January 10th in Indy, and then New Year's Day, the New Year's Six Bowls, Penn State, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Iowa, Kentucky, Utah, Ohio State, Baylor, Ole Miss, really good games all day New Year's. Um, I'm going to give one thing out now because I think it's my favorite bowl play, and I've already put it out on Twitter, and it's my biggest bowl bet. Oh, boy. Utah's down from, from plus seven. They're to six and a half. I don't care. Utah plus six and a half. Hopefully you got the seven on Twitter. I'm counting it as seven because I gave it out as seven. Utah plus six and a half plus seven over Ohio State. Utah plus 200 money line over Ohio State. Utah's winning this game. Um, We kind of talked about it with Johnny. Ohio State's, you know, expectation was to to beat Michigan, get in the college football playoff, and compete for a national title. They're coming off a loss in the national title last year to who else? Bama. Um, This is a down spot. It's a down spot. And I expect some guys that are eligible for the NFL draft to sit this one out. Whereas Utah had a slow start to the season one and two and has been building upon everything. Mop the floor with Oregon twice, an Oregon team that I might add beat Ohio State at Ohio State um, and is going to be ready for this game. I think Utah is the better team right now and will be more motivated for this game and will have more key players active for this game. So Utah on New Year's Day, 5 p.m. Eastern, it looks like, is going to knock off Ohio State. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State minus three. You know why? Why? I like the Lion. Okay, so I wasn't going to give a second play, but I have a small bet already on Arkansas plus three on the other side of that game. All right, we'll see. Um, We'll see who's right. SEC against a team that just, again, it's kind of spiraled out of control in, in Penn state this season. Um, and, you know, Penn state let down at the end, Arkansas, a team that I bet the under on six wins on lost 
uh, they've had a great year. They probably won't rest many guys. They'll be up for this bowl game. Um, it's as simple as that. Speaking of a reminder, take Penn State. Yes. All right. I'm very excited to go head to head in this game. Let's go. We'll do it. Uh, all right. We will, uh, we'll, I will have plenty of bowl game articles, plenty of bowl game coverage on this show. Hopefully some bowl game guests, uh, coming on this podcast as well. Um, I'll, I'll pick games just based on mascots and see how it goes. Could work for you. <laughs> Go ahead. End the podcast. All right. We'll see you on Thursday. We'll have another special guest this week as always. Would you like to advertise our guest or no? Uh, we'll just, we'll just double confirm. We'll double confirm tomorrow and then we'll do that. Uh, but okay. uh, she is a prominent figure. So we'll, we'll put it at well, that. Well, you kind of teased some. Yeah. So prominent figure. We'll, we'll put it at that. So we will get to that on Thursday. We'll go over more of the week 14 board. Hopefully in more, uh, we'll like more. Hopefully things will change since then. But kind of an ugly board this week. But we'll get there. We'll, we'll push through. We'll, we'll give you something. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. We'll get you there. Until Thursday, for Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. Catch you then. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.